Racers and Riders. It's dumping snow in Utah today. Thanks for joining us. Hi, I'm Tom Kelly, your host for Last Chair from Ski Utah, telling the story of the greatest snow on earth. It's a big powder day, and we're in some of Utah's most stunning mountains out in the Uinta Range. Shortly, we'll be booting up and heading out to enjoy some fresh lines here at Thousand Peaks, 43,000 acres of untouched snow. Our guest today probably has more vertical feet of deep pow skiing than all of our listeners combined. Ron Baldus is the owner of Park City Powder Cats, which for a quarter century has been making memories for skiers and riders from around the world. And uh, Ron, uh, welcome. Glad to have you join us. Glad to be here. This is really a pretty interesting day here today. A little snow overnight. Uh, uh, not exactly Utah snow conditions, but it sounds like it's going to be a ton of fun out there today. Yeah, it, uh, we've got about six inches last night a uh, little bit more water content moisture than we normally have here in utah but uh still going to be untracked fresh runs for everybody so we're it's going to be a good day cool we're in the uh snowcat right now we're in a piston bully heading up to the uh, uh to the ridge line we'll give you more updates as we head along during the course of the podcast uh, ron a little bit of background on yourself uh how uh where did you grow up and how did you find your initial passion for skiing well, I grew up in uh, actually San Diego, California, not maybe a place associated with skiing, but our uh, home area was Mammoth Mountain, and my parents actually uh, had a lodge that they managed for a gentleman up in the Tioga Pass area, so that's kind of how I came into skiing and uh, started when I was about 10 years old, 11 years old, and ever since then, been on skis as much as I can. Did you do a lot of backcountry up in Tioga? Uh, no, we did not. That was back, you know, in the 60s, 70s. So backcountry wasn't quite what it is today, thanks to modern equipment and all that's uh, happened. Which the, is what we're going to experience out there that's today. That's what you're going to experience today. Uh, backcountry without the hiking. So how did you make your way from Southern California, San Diego, skiing up at Mammoth? How'd you make your way up here to Utah? Well, um, 16 years ago, uh, I had a friend that... Uh, knew the person that originally ran this and they needed help with the business end of it. So my thought was that I was just going to be basically taking care of managing the books and things like that. And it kind of blossomed into quite a bit more than that over so, the years. So you brought some business acumen at the time? Yes. Yes. I actually had a con uh, construction background business. So uh, that's, that's the person that I knew and also the person that ran this before both worked in construction during the summers. So uh, that's kind of my business background. And then it, they just thought I would be good at helping manage this. Yeah. What was your first impression when you moved to Utah, the Park City area and all the mountains around here? Well, this out here in the Uintas, this ranch is just, if people aren't familiar with it, it's really an amazing place. It's 43,000 acres, basically. There's nobody out here. It's family owned. So it's a pretty amazing place as far as being in Utah and uh, no hustle and bustle uh, like around the Wasatch and Park City and all that. It's pretty quiet out here. Do you, do you yourself, do you get out and about to the resorts as well? 
Uh, yeah, I usually ski with my wife on Sundays or Saturdays, her days off, if if I have am fortunate enough to have the same day off. And those are groomer days for you. Those are groomer days. Those are okay. Well, though. not always, no. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about powder and and uh, you know first of all the uh, little bit of this the the science of uh, of this uh, what. First of all, what is it that creates such amazing snow here in Utah that we don't necessarily find in other places? Well, it's basically the light moisture content. We Out here in a normal year, today it's a little heavier, of course, but normally we have about 8% moisture in our snow. Um, also out here, there it's untracked almost every run. So that's something you might not experience at the resorts. And that makes for exceptionally fun skiing. Yeah. And, and fr from, from a skier's perspective, uh, all of us love to ski powder. I mean, what's the emotion of skiing powder? I mean, why, why is it that guests keep flocking back here to be up to their knees in this fluffy white snow? I, it, it's, a, it's hard to describe. I, it's like floating, basically. Um, once you ski powder, you're hooked. It's... it's uh, it's just effortless. It's it's actually very easy skiing compared to maybe a, a groomer or a bump run at the resort. So it's it's uh, it's hard to explain, but it is just effortless floating in in your face powder. You know, I imagine you have uh, uh, some legendary stories of guests who've come out here and just had this jaw dropping experience for the first time in their life, really experiencing something like that. Yeah. And, and honestly, a lot of times it doesn't even have to be a powder day, just coming out here and being in the backcountry and, you know, a new something new for the client. They uh, our business in the past 16 years has grown from. 500 skiers to 2,500 skiers a season that we do. And probably 70% of those clients are return clients. Let's update our uh, listeners right now. We're in a Piston Bully snowcat heading out on the trail. First of all, tell me a little bit about the snowcats that you're running here at Park City Powder Cats. So we have five Piston Bully snowcats. Uh, they have between 14 and 17 passenger cabins on them. We normally, our, our guide ratio is a maximum of 12 clients per two guides. So the most we'll ever have in a cat uh, are 12 clients. Um, and they can go up about anything. It's pretty amazing what these things can climb. Yeah. So right now we're on a uh, fairly uh, uh, flat cat track in a, in a valley. Beautiful scene, old homestead off to the left, uh, a ranch corral. Tell us a little bit about the area that we're going through right now here at Thousand Peaks Ranch. So Thousand Peaks is an actual cattle and sheep ranch. Uh, they have a West Desert Ranch, and that's where all the sheep and cattle go during the winter months. Uh, it is also, we're actually passing a barn that the uh, uh, series Yellowstone built for filming. They do a lot of filming here at the ranch in the summer. They also have hunting, they have snowmobiling, uh, and fishing on the Weber River. So it, uh, as I said, it is privately owned. One family owns it, and Lawrence Sr., who is 98, actively runs the ranch. So he's in the office pretty much every day. So this is interesting. So right now we're going by an old ranch corral and, a, and a, some structures. So this was built for the uh, TV show Yellowstone. Yes, this barn here on our right was for Yellowstone. 
they just actually built that this past summer. Well, it looks old. Yeah, they made it look old. <laughs> and the cabin that we staged in is actually a movie set, too, for Yellowstone. Yeah. So uh, heading down to a, a, a creek or a river here right now, what's the body of water we have ahead of us? Uh, we're crossing the Weber River right now. So we're going to... approximately nine miles of private frontage on the Weber on the ranch. So we're going to cross the Weber River here. Right. This will be interesting. Do these things float? Uh, not very well. Well, we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> And uh, we have a lot of snow. Actually, this is this is when you know you're in powder country when you're uh, you're crossing a bridge that has about 18 inches of snow on it right now. A river running underneath it, snow piling down off the roof of the snowcat here. Uh, we're definitely in snow country, aren't we, Ron? Yes, yes. It's uh, as you can see, there's not much out here but brush and snow. Yeah, it's 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 really a, pr a pretty remarkable trip. Uh, so we are all accustomed to snowcats grooming trails uh, up at the resorts. We see their lights on the slopes every night. These are specially retrofitted, though, to uh, to uh, to carry your guests and talk a little bit more about how you've put these together to uh, uh, transport. What are we having here? We have 10 skiers and snowboarders in the back? Yeah, we, we actually, today, we have a total of 11 in our group. Uh, and the cats, this this particular cat is a winch cat, so it has a little bit beefier frame and suspension than most of the cats you'll see grooming at either Park City Mountain or uh, any of the other resorts. Uh, these cabins come from Montana, actually another cat ski company in Montana, Great Northern. And uh, they send them to us. We do the interiors. And then they actually bolt on to the piston bully chassis fairly with not a lot of modifications. They uh, go on pretty easy. Yeah, uh, it really is quite comfortable. Uh, I had an opportunity a few weeks ago to spend an evening with uh, Laura Sexton uh, up at uh, Deer Valley and doing some grooming up there. And uh, it's amazing. I think back to the snowcats that I worked with uh, at ski areas back in the 70s. It's a lot more comfortable today. Yeah, these things are pretty nice. Uh, they've come a long ways. And our cabins in back are heated. They have stereos. Uh, water snacks so it's a pretty comfortable i i would say it's like riding in a really really nice gondola if you were yeah comparing it to a ski area let's talk about uh the typical day at park city powder cats it was interesting this morning you get a sense right out of the right out of the shoot that this is about the social experience and bringing people together great camaraderie uh in the lodge i think probably a lot of anticipation i bet a little bit of nervousness on some people's parts myself included uh but uh, Give us a sense of what takes place before everybody heads out on the cats, just getting prepared in the morning. So we actually have a, a snow safety team. We do do our own forecasting here. So at 7 o'clock in the morning, we're usually at the cabin getting uh, breakfast ready. The snow safety team is preparing the weather report and doing an avalanche forecast for our area. Uh, guides are getting... The cats loaded, drivers are, everything that the night before is filled and ready to go. So all the cats are fueled. The drivers do a, a pre-check on the cats. Uh, we're all usually up at the cabin by 745. Uh, then at that time, we do a safety, morning safety briefing. We talk about the avalanche concerns. We talk about our 
are what's happened up here as far as wind, snow. Uh, we talk about any concerns we have with the cats or maybe our terrain. Uh, information from the previous day is very important for us. So we talk about what the other guide teams the previous day experienced. And uh, usually about 8.15, we're done with the meeting. And by that time, people are rolling in. Yeah. What are you using for sources of uh, information relative to the weather? And, and, and two, I think a lot of us are familiar in going out in the backcountry of utilizing the great service of the Utah Avalanche Center. You're doing kind of the same work, but for your microclimate right here in, the, in uh, Thousand Peaks. Right. We have actually have five weather, separate weather stations on the ranch. Some of those are shared with the National Weather service uh we allow them to put their sites up here and then they we share information we uh craig gordon of the forecast center he is the our forecaster for the uintas and he's out here quite often so we share information with him and then like i said every day a snow safety team is out either doing explosives work looking at the snow uh digging pits uh analyzing what they see so you actually are doing mitigation. We, we do do some form of mitigation, mostly pr for protection or to see what the result is. We're, we're not like a ski area where we'll go out and actually uh, mitigate the whole slope and use multiple explosives to make the slope safe. We just kind of want to see what it's doing, what the reaction to the explosive is going to be. We do, on some of our approaches, some of our exits, we will use explosives work to make those safe. Just to, uh, you know, staying in kind of a basic level, can you give us a sense of the uh, avalanche situation today and things that one would be looking for here in the backcountry? Um, well, there's been a lot of wind, so we'll be looking for wind slabs, places where the snow has loaded. Uh, fortunately, today, uh, we didn't have the cold temps that we had last night, so it won't be so bad for the clients. Uh, our guides, you know, when as they approach the slope, they'll do ski cuts and other protective major measures depending on the slope. We uh, we take each run basically on a personal basis and look at it individually and do whatever controlling we need to do to make the group safe. Now, I, I imagine on a typical day like today that you're going to have guests with a wide range of ability levels and skills. How do you manage that with your guides? Normally speaking, if somebody comes out here, they're of pretty good ability. We do try to screen our guests. Um, we, uh, you know, will stay back with a guest if they're struggling. And usually the cat, by the time the cat comes around, if, if they're intermediate skiers, they can usually get down our terrain, intermediate to advanced. We ask that everybody be advanced out here. Occasionally, we do get people that overstate their ability. And normally, they will sit the runs out if they yeah. feel like it's over their yeah. ability level. Uh, we're just to uh, give the uh, listeners an update on where we are now. Uh, we're, this is an amazing trail, which I want you to talk about in a minute. But we're on a trail just winding, twisting, and turning some uh, uh, switchbacks going up. We've got some beautiful aspen trees. Uh, uh, don't have the big sweeping panorama views right now, but I'm sure we'll get those when we come out of the trees. But our driver, Chris, is piloting us uh, very nicely uh, through the woods here. Uh, these are amazing trails, and, and you've uh, have you built these and, and, and created these for the cats? Um, yes, yeah, some of these trails we have, uh, during the summer, uh, developed the road system. 
a lot of these roads are for the sheep camps. So the sheep camps are up here all summer long. Uh, a lot of the uh, herders are from Peru and South America. So they stay up here and they move the camp from area to area. And these roads, some of them are, like I said, uh, from the ranch and other ones we have done ourselves to yeah. access the, our skiing. Well, it's, it's, it's amazingly scenic. Uh, we do not have a bluebird day here today, a little bit gray and cloudy, but those make for some interesting scenes once you get up in the mountain. Uh, but a beautiful track as we head up. Uh, what type of vertical are you looking at here that in, in typical runs? Our, our bigger bowls, you're probably looking at between 900 and 1200 vertical. Uh, we're going up to an area right now called Big Cat Ridge. Uh, the runs in here are around 1,000 vertical feet, which is just about perfect for timing on when the cat drops everyone up, they get geared up, ski the run. The cat's usually at the bottom, yeah. ready to pick them up. You, you don't want too long of runs because you don't want people standing around. Yeah. We try to make it pretty fluid out here and keep people moving. What are some of the pros and cons of cat skiing versus heli skiing? And I know that, that you have run helis out here in the past, but right now just focusing on snow cats. What do snow cats offer that uh, you think provides a great experience? Well, uh, snow cat, as you said this morning, people, you can talk on a snow cat for one thing. We get a lot of corporate people out here, and they actually kind of hold business meetings on the snow cat because in between runs, they can discuss uh, you know, a wide variety of things. And uh, it is really social here. We also stay out longer. Normally with a heli, you get six lifts. Uh, we're out here. F we, we leave our cabin at nine o'clock and we're usually back in by four. Uh, it's, we can go in any type of weather. So basically the only thing that ever shuts us down is lightning we can't predict that so in march when the weather changes a little we won't uh if we think there's going to be lightning we might cancel a trip but we pretty much go every day of the winter season uh be it the cold or visibility or whatever we can usually find good skiing up here yeah so no no problem in getting weathered out with us generally speaking when does your season begin uh we usually start around christmas uh, and we go to the end of March. Okay, and we're making a spin around right now. And uh, Yeah, we're going to be headed up oh, this I way, see. and we're, we're going to pick back. up snow safety. So we're also going to pick up our snow safety team here. So we've got a uh, snow safety team. We're just stopping the uh, cat for a little bit here to uh, pick up some more passengers uh, in the middle of nowhere. So uh, what would the snow safety team be doing out here right now in terms of uh, looking at the conditions and helping to ensure that you have a, a, a safe uh, operation today? So th they're going to be going up and looking at some of the zones that we actually have closed uh, and just once again, dig a pit in there, look at the snow structure, check it out, possibly ski it, also put in ski cuts. They might decide to do a test shot, um, but basically just going up and looking at the snow. They're always in front of us. We actually open and close terrain on a regular basis. So uh, what they see today, there are eyes and ears. So basically we don't have to go out with clients and try to open new terrain with clients. They're always out in front of us opening terrain. So someone has already been there. Somebody has already been there. We, uh, any of our avalanche prone terrain, 
we have snow safety look at before we ever venture in there. We have a lot of low angle, non avalanche terrain, tree skiing and things like that. Of course they don't go in there, but, uh, that's what separates us from a lot of guide operations. We do have a full-time snow safety team and they are out here every day. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the place. Thousand Peaks. You've talked about it uh, being a, a working ranch. You have 43,000 acres at your disposal. You have, I think, four major bowls uh, that you have, all of this private land. Walk us through some of the skiing that you have, uh, the names of some of the places uh, uh, to give our listeners a familiarity with how spectacular this place really is. So we do have uh, four basic bowl areas. We also have an area called uh, Super Bowl, and that's all north-facing. Um it's we we have everything from tree skiing to open bowls to shoots. It, it's hard to describe, but roughly it's about fifteen thousand acres that we actually ski on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you're looking at the Park City Ridgeline or something like that, it's about three times the size of Park three City. Three times that ridgeline. Right. Jeez. How and, and how many runs can you get in in a given day? Uh, normally, we tell people eight to twelve, depending on the group and you know where we're skiing the bigger lines of course you might get a few less runs in but you'll get more vertical and a lot of the bigger lines if we are skiing in avalanche terrain we do of course ski one at a time yeah so those take a little longer but normally eight to twelve runs is a typical day so on a bluebird day when you're at the top of the ridge line how far can you see you can see clear into wyoming you can see the Wind River Range in Wyoming. You can see Kimmerher, the power. The uh, I guess it's a mining plant out there, a power yeah, plant. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you can c- see actually clear back to Park City, Park City Ridgeline, Deer Valley. Yeah. See up to Snow Basin. Uh, yeah, yes, you can. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. I imagine that there's days when you're at the top of that ridgeline and you're thinking back and saying to yourself, "Yep, made the right decision." Yeah, sometimes I have to pinch myself that, you know, how lucky I am. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's really amazing out here. You know, since, since we're in this amazing powder terrain and you've had a lot of experience in this, can you share for our listeners a few tips on how, how, do you, how to ski powder? If you've never done it before, you're coming out to Utah, uh, you're going to get the big boards, you're going to rent a pair of uh, Rossi Sole 7s and go in search of deep powder. What are some of the tips that you'll give someone to really enjoy their experience? De- definitely, you know, keep your hands forward. Keep your poles forward. Don't sit back, which is a common ski tip for anything. You definitely want to stay forward, stay centered over. And, uh, you know, a little bit of speed is not bad in powder, you know, because it's much more controllable than a groomer. So you want to keep your speed up and just uh, make turns like you normally would. Yep. It's it's pretty effortless, actually, once you get the hang of it. There is a little learning curve, but once people, by the end of the day, people that are struggling in the morning, they've got huge smiles on their face by yeah. the end of the day. For those who haven't done it before, how does the snow, uh, the depth of the snow, allow you to control your speed? Uh, so definitely when it's really deep out here, we try to ski you know a little steeper because especially snowboarders will struggle if it's not steep enough. Uh, and we do welcome snowboarders, of course. Um, every time you make a turn, it when it's deep, it comes it, it comes up in your face, 
and you just naturally slow down. I, I don't even know how to describe it, actually. It's just, like I said, it's like floating. You got to like, come out and try it. Yeah, it's as close to flying without any, any uh, help as you're probably going to get. Do you have any of those? I'm sure you have many, but do you have like a memorable day that you can remember where you're just carving a line and just it is just heavenly? Yeah, just, actually, just a few years ago up in the area that we're heading to, it, uh, last year was a phenomenal year, of course, and it was literally over your head. Uh, the photographer, she took a photo of me and all you can see is my helmet. And, you know, you're. You look at that and you're wondering, how, how are you even doing that? I mean, I wonder how I'm doing it. So it's pretty amazing. Well, it's beautiful terrain. Uh, we're still heading uphill in uh, Aspen Forest, a few evergreens. Uh, tell us a little more about where we're heading today. Well, we're heading up to an area which is uh, called Big Cat Ridge. It's because it, it received its name because we had a uh, cat up here, a big uh, bobcat. So it's the far west boundary of the ranch so it's the first terrain that you encounter on the ranch it's a it's a fairly close cat ride out of our cabin in the morning so we come up here quite often yeah and what type of terrain will we be skiing as we head down uh what we normally do is we'll start with a starter run at evaluation run to see how people ski to make see what the dynamic of our group is uh if the group is strong then we'll head into a little steeper longer terrain uh if our group is struggling we'll we'll still find great terrain up here that you know different abilities will find okay to be okay yeah it is beautiful terrain and i i've not been up in this part of thousand peaks but i've been over on the other side uh over on the national forest side off the mirror lake highway and, right uh, just stunning terrain uh, folks haven't been out there it's uh, uh really really worth a, worth a trip uh how late in the season are you able to go uh, we normally close around the 1st of April. Uh, even if the conditions are good, it seems like people are on to other activities yeah. and snowcat skiing isn't on their radar. So uh, normally we're, we're fairly booked up to the end of March and then it really starts to slow down. I imagine yeah. that you have snow up here until July. Yes, yes. A lot of the bulls, the cornices stick around for well into July. So we're just about to come out of the, the, the trees. Uh, uh, we've got a bowl ahead of us, a little bit cloudy today. I should say a lot cloudy today. Uh, what are we looking at up ahead? Uh, that's called Bobcat Bowl, and that may be our starter run today. Uh, we'll just have to see how it looks once we get up there, visibility-wise and everything. Um, so this all comes down into this drainage, and then once we crest the ridge up here, that all goes down easterly into the drainage. So there's some east and northeast terrain up here. Cool. Do you know how long this land has been ranched? As since the turn of the since 1920 to 1910, sure. it's been in this family uh, that long. Same family. Same same family. Uh, it's it is really quite an amazing place. Uh, uh, Ron, you've uh, really provided us with some great insights. Looking forward to the skiing here today. Uh, and it is really gorgeous up here as we open up into a small bowl. Uh, there's kind of a frosty uh, look to the, uh, uh, to the trees right now with the wet snow overnight kind of clinging to them. Uh, looks like it's going to be some good tracks here today. Yeah, it should be really nice. It's uh, our, our cat's struggling trying to get up the road right now. 
which is a good sign. When the when the cats are having a hard time going up, it's probably going to be really good going down. Okay, well, Ron, thank you so much. We're going to close it out here with a little lightning round, some fun stuff, and uh, maybe challenge you a little bit on a few things. Uh, uh, kick it off really simply. Where did you first learn to ski? Uh, Big Bear, California. Big Bear. How old were you? Uh, about 10 years old. 10 years old. And what, what got you up to Big Bear? Uh, family. Yeah? Family. Just yeah. Uh, heading up there for the weekend and uh, get a few runs in? Yeah. And... Uh, Let's let's bring it back home here to Thousand Peaks. Your favorite line here at Thousand Peaks? Actually, where we're headed, Big Cat Five. Big Cat Five. Big Cat Five. And what's the five for? Uh, it's this series of bulls working, uh, basically from the east to the west, sort of. So we have one through five zones. That's how we label them for uh, snow safety, among other things, so they know what zones they're in they're they're little they're separated by ribs so uh there's one through five we have zero negative we have a cougar bowl at the top yeah. so they're just different names of the zones cool most vertical feet you've skied in a day uh here about probably pretty close to seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand. That's a, that's a fair amount. For backcountry skiing, yeah, that's, that's a fair amount. Do you have any idea how many vertical feet you might ski in a year? Uh, actually, no. Uh, w one maybe misperception here is that, you know, I'm out skiing every day running this business. I'm only out two or three days a week on the snow usually. Uh, there's a lot of time spent in the cat garage, managing this thing, trying to keep it operating smoothly. So... Uh, our guides that are skiing five days a week are getting a lot more vertical than I am. All right. How, how much would a would a, a typical guide get? Uh, well, you can figure five days a week. Ten, figure easy ten thousand. You know, if we're so around fifty thousand to sixty thousand per week guiding. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah, and they're on the snow. Our our core staff that w works five days a week. So we have probably eight or nine guides that are on the snow at least five days a week. And then the snow safety team is cool. on the snow. Okay. Let's go over to the resorts on the lifts. Your favorite ski resort run in Utah. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, I like Crescent actually. And I like the, you know, like Erica's and those runs yep. off the front. Those are quick, easy, easy to get to quick. Nobody ever goes there. And yep. you know, you're kind of on your own over there. Chris, the cat driver, he agrees, yeah. right? Okay, right on. So you're a Park City mountain skier. Yeah, yeah most of right. our uh, Chris, like most of our drivers, uh, come from the resorts. They usually have at least ten or fifteen years' experience before they come to work for us. Yeah. Favorite midday lunch up on the mountain? Uh, in my car. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I guess uh, Miners Camp. Uh, I like fries actually. Yeah. That's all I'll have for lunch usually. How about here at Thousand Peaks? Oh, we favorite have lunch. Favorite lunch, soup. The soups here soup. are really good. They're done by Mirror Lake Cafe and Camus. And they he does are, a wonderful job, oh, does he? He does a really good job. Great job. So soup is definitely the best thing out here. We have sandwiches and chips and snacks and brownies, but the soups are the best. Favorite pizza? Uh, we actually serve pizza out here. So We having pizza for lunch? Uh, you're having back? pizza when we get in. Nice. In What's your favorite? Uh, margarita. Margarita. I'm still yeah. waiting for somebody whose favorite pizza is Hawaii. Uh, I don't yeah, think I'm, I like yeah, I, I, I don't think okay. I'm ever going to find one. Yeah. Uh, favorite Utah craft beer? Oh, gosh. 
Well, I'm going to say Park City Brewery Breaking Trail. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Are we going to be serving that at the end of the day? Uh, we can't say. We can't say. <laughs> okay, well. It's, we'll, it's we'll, kind of bring your own out here. We'll, let's put it that we'll, way. We'll, we'll leave that out. Last one. Groomers, powder, glades, or moguls. What's your choice? Oh, powder. Got to be powder, huh? It's got to be powder. You had Wait, we have, we have no, I don't know how to ski moguls. Well, you had Shannon Barkey out here yesterday, right? Yeah. She knows how to ski moguls. Yeah, but she'll tell you this is the best place ever. I know, and she did, too. I said, yeah. Shannon, what's your favorite? And she said, powder. And I said, come on. Somebody's got to go with moguls. Yeah, so. Shannon comes out quite often. Uh, Nate Rafferty with Ski Utah was out yesterday. So, yeah, we get we get quite a few Olympians out here. Granted, you know, as close as we are to Park City. Well, great. Uh, Ron, it's been great to have you on. We are on a very steep pitch heading up to the ridgeline. Looking forward to putting the skis on and putting the tips down into the powder. Ron, thank you so much for joining us and introducing our listeners to Park City Powercats. Thank you for being here. Ron Ball is Park City Powercats. Check it out at PCCats.com. Definitely a lifetime experience for any skier or rider. If you're enjoying Last Chair from Ski Utah, the podcast, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And please share with a friend, and leave a note, leave a comment. Check us out too at skiutah.com. I hope you're enjoying these stories of the people who make the Ski Utah experience so very magical. And we have a magical day coming up here at Park City Pottercats. I'm Tom Kelly, your host for Ski Utah's Last Chair. I'll see you on the slopes 